0: This is the On The Touchline podcast. I'm your host, Jason Broadwater. Welcome to the show. Want to save 10% on your next duketigbrand.com order? Use the promo code Broadwater19 at checkout. D-U-K-T-I-G brand.com. If you've listened to the show before, you know how much I love Duke Tig Brand. I use their Excel notebook. I use their waterproof notebook, and absolutely swear by their products. Go to duketigbrand.com right now. D-U-K-T-I-G brand.com and save ten percent at checkout on your next order. From apparel to logos to coaching notebooks, Duke Tig Brand has got you hooked up. DukeTigBrand.com promo code Broadwater nineteen at checkout. In season two, episode 19 of the On the Touchline podcast, I talked to the headman's coach at Seton Hill University, Dan McCarty. Seton Hill is a private Catholic institution east of Pittsburgh in Greensburg, PA. And this is part of the series of conversations I've been had able to have in season two where I've gone and actually met with a fellow coach in person and recorded our conversation. So it wasn't that long ago that I went to Seton Hills campus and if you ever had the chance to go there, absolutely incredibly beautiful uh, drive up to the heart of campus. Uh, one of the, the more scenic and uh, pic- picturesque views you'll see on a college campus. I met Dan, he and I went to his office, and we talked for over an hour about the game of football and soccer. And you can just hear and sort of understand how much it means to him uh, as a fellow coach and leader of Division II program here in the US. So I won't say any more about Dan. I'll let him explain a little bit about his background as part of this episode. Before we get going with Dan, this podcast is available on 12 different podcasting platforms. So all the usual places like Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and of course, Apple Podcast. And if you listen to this show on Apple Podcast, whether it be here in the States or internationally, it would mean the most to me that if you went there now and left a five-star rating and a review about the show, And help more and more people in the football and soccer community find out about this podcast. As I've mentioned before, the whole goal of this show is to make the football and soccer world just a little bit smaller. To connect you to coaches and players and influencers in our game. And just share those interesting backstories and experiences that we probably all have had in the game of football slash soccer. So go there now. Leave a five-star rating. And a review. Also, in the show notes, there is a link that will take you to the On the Touchline website It ha- that has all archived episodes of the show. So, all of season one and all of season two. So, whether you're a regular to the show or uh, someone new, go back and check out some of those episodes. Some really, really great conversations. Uh, that have been had over this show. And of course, while you're there, there is a place where you can put in your email address and subscribe to the newsletter that's getting ready to launch later this month uh, for On the Touchline listeners. All right, enough housekeeping. Let's get into it. Season two, episode 19. I hope you enjoy my conversation with the head men's coach of Seton Hill University, Dan McCarty. Uh, Dan McCarty, thank you for being on uh, the On the Touchline podcast. And uh, Dan, um, I guess I'm curious about your backstory and sort of where this love affair with the game of football or soccer started uh, for you.
1: Well, uh, well, thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for doing this. It's great to uh, to uh, be with you. And and uh, my love affair with football soccer started. When I was a kid honestly um I tried to play American football I didn't like um that sport not because I didn't enjoy it I mean I pl- I played tackle football pick up with the neighborhood guys and all that but uh the organization and the screaming and the yeah you know, the the heavy coaching and and that type of environment just wasn't for me so um I started playing soccer with uh just our rec- local rec and um, and uh, found that I was I was okay at it. I wasn't great, but I was okay at it. And then uh, just continued on from there. So I started at a young age, and I was fortunate enough to grow up in a neighborhood where um, you know everybody kind of knew everybody, and and these gentlemen were just excited about it, and they were willing to teach us. So uh, we had a, we had a blast growing up and, and playing at that level. Um, continued on through high school and uh, into college I played a couple years at IUP and uh, that's where the separation was for me I wasn't uh, knew I wasn't uh, gonna be as a regular in the lineup so um, you yeah, know decided to pursue other interests at that point and uh, started coaching then um, with some local teams in Indiana and uh, then I just you know wanted to, to coach from there so that's that's really the mm-hmm. how it all started for me
0: would you say there's uh, a person or people along the way um you know we have talked a little bit about this podcast and i've been i joke with my wife all the time that the willingness of coaches to talk to me uh, some no-name person right um <laughs> to sit down to talk about the game to talk about their love of the game uh is truly fascinating to me and i think that is sort of the, the tie that binds all of us together you know and I'm, i guess i'm wondering about People or a person that had a, a big impact on you uh, as a coach, and sort of said, "Hey, Dan, you might actually be pretty good at this coaching thing. You should go that that angle."
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, I think my young my youth coaches were were a big influence in me. Um, their passion and their desire you know volunteer guys just out doing their thing and uh, really kind of pushing you uh O'Hearn hearn and kim ruttenberg and just you know just uh, you know it's it's weird i'm 51 years old i still remember those guys by name um so uh that part of it was was great for me the early influences and then throughout your career you play for different coaches and see different things And i think even even some of the Maybe your least favorite coaches still had somewhat of an impact on you, um, whether it 's uh, well i won 't do it like that or you know maybe that doesn 't work or or something so there 's been influences throughout uh, that have really kind of shaped uh, my style and and what 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 I try to do uh, anyways and and it 's a weird it 's a weird game in a lot of ways because there's uh there's always this growth, there's always this development, there's always something new, there's always, uh, you know, something else to do, something else to try. Uh, and that's what I love about it, it's a creative place, you know, where, you know, I, I think about uh, famous artists and how they just kind of go and do their thing. And, and I think uh, coaching football is, is, a, is a lot like that where, you have different teams at different times and they're all at different stages in their development as individuals and how do you make a team out of that so that's that's really what i like uh, about it now uh, especially now i think um you know running training sessions and all that kind of stuff is is uh has taken its toll on me i, I prefer style and system and personnel more at, at this stage of my career and uh um, but I'm fortunate to be surrounded by, by uh, a few guys that uh, have that energy and want to do those training sessions and really find their joy in training, and and uh, and we we see we see the game the same way. So it's 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 been great, you know. As far as uh, I think everybody influences everybody. I, I don't know that there's a standout person that that really has said, you know, hey, you should do this. You know, I think it's just been a combination of my experiences you know, and I end up here.
0: When did you realize that, uh, you know, maybe making that pivot of uh, the day-to-day grind, right, of mm-hmm. running a program and, um, you know, you're training constantly, um, I mean, it, it takes a toll on you, not only physically, but mentally, and just trying to manage other aspects and personalities and, you know, making sure players are eligible and, <laughs> you know, going to class and... Doing everything they need to do to be a good member of the team, and was there a, a pivot in your career where you realized that I, I have some really good people around me. Um, I need to I don't know if the words delegate uh, but mm-hmm. need to empower them right. uh, to you know um, kind of do some of those things that maybe I'm not as you know, I need to focus on some other areas for the program Sure
1: sure I, I would say probably about four or five years ago I really kind of started getting that feel of um, there's there's other things that need more attention there's so much that needs your attention whenever you're running a program at, at any level I think um, but a, at a college level you know you got recruiting you got budgets you got you know it's it's funny a lot of my friends say oh you just coach for a living it's you know it's terrific isn't it and then you know you tell them about the other things that you're responsible for in order to have that good program yeah. and uh you know their eyes kind of you know get real wide and their jaws you know hit the floor and um they they often you know I never knew that I never knew that so about four or five years ago for me that was the the real turning point and uh you know my assistant uh Dilvir Chagger he's been with me now for eight years as a player and then as my graduate assistant and then now as my volunteer assistant um you know, he has that appetite and that energy um, that I think fades in, in some coaches, you know, where they're they're more geared towards, okay, good, he's got that, you know, you take a big, deep breath, you know, and say, I trust this guy, he's, you know, he's got my back, and he's loyal, and, and all those things, and uh, I can move on to these things that, that maybe need a little bit more attention, and if I did a better job with these other areas, and not just the training, um, our program will will move forward a little bit. So it's been nice, you know, to to have uh, have have those guys around um, to 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 be helpful.
0: Um, tell me about style of play and your philosophy uh, of the game. How do you? I love the question of how do you envision the game being played. And I saw the uh, the Real Madrid flag yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we walked in your office so i said "Ooh, that's a yeah. good clue yeah uh, if we
1: could all play like like you, those guys right right <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> um, I, I i'm i'm more of a possession-based uh technical um uh guy i think um you know i see the game as uh uh, a, a more of a build-up, more of a, a chess match than than checkers. You know, hitting the big ball. Although we'll hit the big ball if it's on. You know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. Um, but uh, I see, I see us more as a possession-based team. I, I like to keep the ball. Um, uh, at times, uh, I think currently, you know, we can be a little bit more dangerous in the final third. But I think our build-up play from the backs and playing out of the backs and moving it forward and getting in good positions and areas to play, um, I think we do a really good job of that right now. Uh, I think the final third is something that we'll really be focusing on this year. But... Um, I love how Liverpool's playing right now. I think uh, their pressing game is is ridiculous. You know, I think uh, the areas that they get into and the areas in which they force turnovers and the energy in which they play is is, uh, really, really amazing to me right now. Um, So I I see, uh, you know, a, a little bit of us in them. Um, obviously, quite a different level, um, but uh, I see a little bit of us in, in them. And, uh, you know, the Manchester United's of old, you know, with that uh, more attacking style, getting on your front foot, you know, and, and really kind of, you know, leaning on the gas a little bit and going forward. I, I really like like that aspect, and I like that aspect of our personnel right now within our team. So uh, that type of style really kind of fits us where we're going.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that um, there's so much gray area in our sport. And the fact that you just named a number of teams that um, I I admire them. And the fact that you can take an idea from this, you can take an idea from that, you can put it in the pot, mix it together, see what you got, right? Right. And that, um, absolutely. I mean, and that, you know, the, the evidence Is what happens on the field, happens on the pitch, you know, in terms of are we able to execute to the level of our ability or the highest level of our ability? And um, I'm curious, uh, you know, some of those sort of influences. I mean, we talked about the the Real Madrid flag, but, you know, where, what teams do you admire coaches, you know, professionally or Mm. even in the game of, you know, collegiately or that you've come in contact that you go, whoa, Mm. like he or she really
1: gets it right right wow uh i think professional levels um you know i, I Klopp and liverpool and what they're able to do right now you know pep with city you know i mean you know just you know, how can you not like that style of football and what they're doing to the game and how they're playing it right now i think is is uh, brilliant uh in, in so many different different ways uh, what I love about them is the, the attack is fantastic, but their commitment to defending, and the, the, especially with their attacking players and how they get into positions to defend and, and create those turnovers and uh, really press the ball, I think is, is, is fascinating. Um, I think there's a lot of good coaches all over the place. I, I think you look at the PSAC, and it's a very difficult uh, conference to, to play in, I think, on both the men's and women's side um you know widow and at millersville you know uh has always is always putting out a great team you know and and it doesn't matter the technical ability or or anything with those guys they're just hungry and they play hard and uh they're tough to beat you know gannon dale white up at mercyhurst or gannon and uh um at at at, uh, mercyhurst and Westchester making it to the finals at Division Two. I mean, it's uh, it's an impressive array. You know, Rob at East Stroudsburg. You know, is fantastic as well. So, I think there's good college coaches uh, all over. I don't and I, I I would love to see more you know fans get out and, and support college soccer and go see games. I think it'd be great for the development of younger players and and also to see the standard in which some of some of us are playing. You know, and and uh, you know we're we're there, thereabouts, you know, every year, but you know, we, we haven't been to the finals, and, and uh, we're we're dying to get there. But uh, you know, it's it's tough because the the competition is so tough, and there's so many good coaches, and there's so many good players, you know, that that it makes it difficult. Mm-hmm.
0: When you're recruiting a player, that if uh, you know possession-based soccer is sort of the the guiding star, mm-hmm. um, how have about how I want to ask this, uh, when, when you're looking at players, I mean, is that probably one of the first three questions <laughs> you ask them besides, you know, hey, academically, we can obviously, we can help you. Sure. Um, you know, we have a need as a team, right? Um, players have graduated, players have moved on, you know, whatever. So we have a, an opening there. But um, how do you go about that conversation with a player? And do they even know at a young age that... This is the style of play that I'm sort of at my best in? Or, you know, is it more, uh, I guess you would say, sort of open ended, where they can say, you know, you know what, coach, I'm actually pretty adaptable. Um, if you need me to do this, I'm more than happy to do it. Um, but I've also played in a system that is completely different.
1: Right. Uh, wow. Those conversations are. Um Always interesting because you're asking a player really to kind of self-assess, and I think that's something that uh, some uh, uh, players struggle with. It's hard to, to really get a true self-assessment. You know, uh, we notice that whenever you know we do our film breakdowns. You know. But I'm in that right spot. No, you're about 15 yards away from that right spot. You know, this is where we kind of need you. No, I'm not. Then you show them the video, and it's a little bit different than what their eye sees, right? So I think you I think you struggle with that to really, uh, you know, the, the kids coming out today um, struggle somewhat with that. But I think there's also players that really identify and, and really kind of understand where they are and, and what type of player they are and... What you know what path they're on and, and where they can develop. Um, I think uh, I think locally you've got a nice combination of uh, some players here locally that you have uh, some good technical players and then you have you know you have got straight out athletes you know that play this game and uh, the combination of that can be quite deadly you know if you can find the right mixture. Um, so. It, it, it's it's always fun uh, to have those conversations, especially with mom and dad. Sometimes you know because they you know they have a different perspective as well. You know, he'll come in and start for you, and you know you're sitting there going, mm, maybe you know maybe, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, and I think that's that's something that that uh, we address I know with our club team is you know the the path that you're on is a good path but understand that you know the work needs to be there and the hunger needs to go in there and the passion you know the desire to get better is constant you know it's just like just like coaching you know the the desire needs to be there so at at times it's a it's an easy conversation at times it's a little bit frustrating you know we're you know idealistic uh, you know they have this perception of what division two soccer is like you know and then You know, you ask if they've ever been to a game, and they say no. Well, how do you know you can play this if you've never really seen it? You know, Mm so um, it's fun. That's one of the one of the things that I love about this job the most, though, is is recruiting. I I find uh, assessing players uh, one of my strong suits. Um, I like uh, to go out and kind of critique and you know pick up on things uh, as as we go. Recruiting is a blast. You know. It's, it's, uh, it's very difficult and it's time-consuming and hard work, but uh, I find a lot of joy in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell me what it was like starting a program. Uh, we Before <laughs> we started recording, we were kind of talking a little bit about that, but um, you've been the only coach in, in Seton Hill you know, program history. You're on the men's side. And, mm-hmm. um, take me through that journey. Uh, I,
1: I can only imagine <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun honestly um, it, it was it was difficult at the time uh, Seton Hill had just uh, really kind of opened uh, the university up to men um, a, a few years previous to to when I got here and then um, you know they really wanted to kind of bolster men coming to campus and they, they felt athletics was a good venue to do that and I of course now I agree but uh, um, I was uh, selling tools at the time and, and uh, the job came open and they were looking for a men's soccer and men's golf coach and uh, in a previous life I was uh, a golf pro for about five or six years and Kim and I lived in Atlanta so um, you know it kind of it was right up my alley and I was so hopeful and excited to apply for it and interview for it and you know, fortunately I got I got the position um, the transition here, uh, changing the culture and really adding, you know, a significant amount of men, especially male athletes, uh, was was a transition I think for the university. But uh, it was it was it was handled great. You know, and, and historically, Seton Hill always helped out men and always have been teachers of men. And um, as uh, as it turned out. It was smoother than I thought, looking back, and at the time, you, you, you're a little nervous about it as well, you know, because if, uh, if something happens on campus and there's guys involved, it's probably your guys, you know, so, um, and, uh, you know, there, there are peaks and valleys throughout, you know, the ups and downs, but, um, you know, for the most part, it was fantastic. Actually, coaching and, and all that was very difficult. You know, there's me running two teams with no assistance, no graduate assistance, um, no help. So I'm running from the golf course back here for training, back to the golf course, and uh, it was it was great. I I had such a great time uh, during during that period. Um, it was uh, it was hectic. I could, I could probably summarize by saying it was hec- it was very hectic. Uh, but it was great. I mean, the university was very supportive, and, um, you know, it, it, it turned out uh, okay. You know, it really did.
0: One thing that I ask uh, other coaches about, <clears throat> and I'm curious what it means for you and, and for the program. Um, it's about a, a really big buzzword in today's game of culture, and mm-hmm. that, um, you know, there can be players in the, the program or in the, on the team that can be culture creators, where there can be people that are culture killers mm-hmm. where they detract from the overall. Right. And for a variety of reasons. Sure. Um, I'm curious what culture means for you and for the Seton Hill program.
1: Wow. Um, that's a broad topic. Cause we have so many, um, you know, we have, I think 17 international players from, you know, Sweden, from Norway, Australia, you know, Cyprus, um, Canada, you know, so, Culture, I think, for us is, is um, blending all that together and creating our own culture, and uh, really based based on a couple couple of key points. And and I think one is uh, everybody love everybody, and uh, we have uh, we have a good group. You know, we get good players here, but we get good people here too. So I think that's very helpful. Uh, and and the other one is is uh, you know we. We have to drive each other too, and there's a there's a proper way to do that, you know. And uh, you know, the culture killer guys are, are very harsh, very critical, uh, you know. And uh, but in our culture, we really try to be uh, have those demands and be that accountable to one another. But uh, you know, we can do that in in a more positive way than I think uh, you know some you know some people like to operate. Uh, We try to work as hard as we can, and we try to push guys as hard as we can, Um, and their response is is really critical to our culture. So, they have to realize what they're in for whenever they come uh, to Seton Hill, but uh, they also have to know that you know as as tough as we are on them, you know we're going to be the first guys to give them a hug, you know, a high five when they find that success that we've been pushing them towards. So. you know, our guys are our culture drivers, most of them. Um, you know, we, we've, we've been very fortunate to have such good leaders on our team you know, over the years. Um, and, and I think especially now, there's a group of actually freshmen who, and, and, uh, with a couple upperclassmen, are really driving our culture right now and uh it is a it's a they're a hungry bunch of guys who are all focused on on one thing and that's making it to the final and it's really not even you know about winning or setting those types of goals you know getting rings and all that other kind of stuff it's about getting there you know it's really about the journey so we try to focus on it you know day at a time you know and I, i i make these uh analogies to golf a lot because i see a lot of similarities you know if you if you hit one, you know, in the, in the rough off the tee, you know, that's okay. You still, you, know, you still get to go hit a, hit another one, you know. So, uh, or
0: in my case, multiple. ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So,
1: so if you can take that kind of approach, where you know, you know, you, you're getting another opportunity here. You're getting another opportunity here. You know, it's not about, you know, it's it's always about the next one. You know what I mean? So, um, we we try to build that off of there, and but. You know our, our kids are great and and the families that they come from are great you know they've instilled a lot of good qualities in our players and and uh, i'm i'm just fortunate to, to reap the rewards of that
0: mm-hmm. i've talked with other coaches and um it, you know and it goes back to this sort of there's there's really never a right or wrong answer in our game um i think it's figuring out what works best for you or the program or the team that you're leading at the time and mm-hmm. some coaches have said to me that um They've been incredibly intentional, meaning scheduling events, um, culture building activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, talked with Erica Dombach of the Women's Program at Penn State, and she said, you know, we actually have a person on staff who is our operations person, but really their job is culture, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, a different scenario, sure. um, you know, and budget and things like that being sure. a very different, you know, public public school. <laughs> um, I'm curious for you, uh, you know, is is it, series of small events is it players sort of you know stepping up and taking on different leadership roles um is it hey guys as part of sort of like our weekly activities we're gonna find time where we you know maybe do something off the field or we whatever it might be put ourselves in a situation where we're going to be a little bit uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because that's really where the growth and the development happens sure uh you know for all of us
1: yeah, I think it's a for us. It's a series of, of different activities and different events, um, and and a lot of it we rely on our. You know, we will bring in a couple players and, and let them kind of drive that a little bit. You know, so whether you know that we get together and go bowling or you know we do, you know, they go to movies or something like that together. Um, you know, it, it's it's always kind of kind of something. I'm very interested uh, in in getting them into kind of uh like an american warrior place you know where they can kind of go and kind of compete a little bit uh one of our alums is responsible for the one up at seven springs so we're gonna we're gonna hit him up soon and and uh see what he can do for us there um but uh it's a bunch of little things for us um and and some of it is even at training where we'll come down you know especially during camp week you know you're it's hot, it's brutal, and, you know, it's camp week, right? So, um, you know, and we'll show up and, and with a bunch of Frisbees and just, you know, play ultimate Frisbee and just kind of take our mind away from it, you know, and just enjoy, uh, enjoy the day a little bit that way. Um, big fan of uh, breaking out the tug-of-war rope and just, you know, competing that way and, and just, you know, the boys get excited, you know. So I, I'd say it's a little bit of just a, a little drops of it along the way. Um, and, and, then that, and then watching it grow um, but it's kind of funny like our culture uh, I would say it was established with uh, you know uh, um, the guys who graduated in 17 they, they really kind of instilled that uh, it was a great group of, of guys and great group of players um, and uh, they, that culture still exists today and they really have set, set the tone and uh, it, it's interesting to be you know a part of it you know I, I don't see uh, I'm, a, I'm a spoke in the wheel kind of a guy you know mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways with that so it was it was great to see the leadership emerge and you know guys take over for those guys once they graduated so it's it's really player driven for us in a lot of ways you know and, and a little bit of sprinkling and a little nudge here and there I think from us you know um, it's a it's fun because i think i think kids in general today whether they're footballers or you know baseball players or whatever they're just more creative in some ways uh they like uh you know that millennial kind of vibe of let's do this together and let's figure this out together i I really kind of enjoy that and and really uh observing and assessing and watching it and pushing it maybe in a certain direction here and there but you know letting it kind of organically grow
0: Mm -hmm. i know uh so, one of the things in, in prepping for today, Dan, I'm fascinated by your roster, and, <laughs> and you touched on this a little bit, of very heavy uh, international presence, and but also um, you have guys from all over the states, you know, lo- local guys here in the Pittsburgh area, but mm-hmm. I think I saw a kid from Arizona, um, yep. you know, in, uh, in other places as well, you know, New Jersey, wherever. Um, I'm curious how that all works um because me too <laughs> well right uh, i think we've come i think we've come a hell of a long way in this country um with football or soccer mm-hmm. i also think we have a hell of a long way to go sure and i think that you know something that i joke with my friends about that um you know, there, believe it or not, there was soccer before World Cup 94. And, yeah. you know, people sort of seem to forget that. And, um, you know, now, uh, and I've told this story probably numerous times, but the age that my son, he's nine, growing up in to have access to the game, to watch a game on my phone, my wife's phone, uh, he can get any league virtually in the world on our TV mm-hmm. is incredible, <laughs> right? So I'm hopeful for him and it makes me really happy when, you know, on a Saturday night we're watching USL championship mm-hmm. 10 years ago, I would have never said that, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that to me, that's a step forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you have players coming in that this is a, this is part of their DNA, right? This is right. the environment they grew in, they grew up in. Um, you know, they're kicking a ball probably around in the streets. They're playing with their friends out on the schoolyard. Um, they may not necessarily have the options players here in America have, but I'm curious, like, what it looks like when it all comes together, in, uh, you know, Grandma's, uh, you know, famous uh, spaghetti sauce, <laughs> I guess. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of cultures and a lot of uh, different viewpoints on how to play the game um, within our group, and that is uh, part of the the difficult part, you know, because the guys from. Norway and Sweden are similar, but the guy from Cyprus sees it a little bit different. You know, the guy from Australia sees it different. You know, and, and the guy from Pittsburgh sees it different. You know, so um, it, it's it's been it's been challenging. I think as we started to recruit um, internationally, probably eight nine years ago, I guess. Um, you know, it was just an idea that I've always had and I've always wanted to do that. I wanted a little little bit of that flair in in our team. Um, but uh the university we were we were kind of set on, let's just build let's just build it locally, let's just go from there. And then once we did kind of branch out, the idea behind it was really, if I could get some international guys and and they could really kind of help the American guys, you know tactically maybe a little bit, see it a little bit, open their their brain up a little bit more um, to to what the potential things are. Um, that would be helpful to the American guys and then if the American guys could really help the international guys about the athleticism and the toughness and getting in the weight room and everything that we as Americans enjoy about that you know we're big gym rats right so we, we go and do those things and uh, I don't think footballers from, from every part of the world are as committed as we are in that in that arena so the if you could smash those two together you know what would that look like and that was the 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 kind of thought process behind it. And that as it developed, um, you know, a lot of those things did come true. You know, the, the help was there and the give and take is there. But uh, I think what makes our team a little bit different is is that the the relationships that are built has opened up, you know, the travel to some American guys who never thought about, I'm going to go to Sweden and visit my friend, you know. And, you know, and, and it, it just opened up so many doors for everybody. But getting back to, to how to blend that it's it's through constant training and constant kind of um, uh, reinforcement of you know what you believe that this team could look like and and that's a that's a strange thing because every fall it's a new team you know whether you got you know 30 guys returning and you're adding 10 or you've got, you know, 15 guys returning and you're adding 25, you know, that, it, it, it changes, you know, every single fall is, is kind of different. And it's nice to, to, to have your returners coming back with kind of like that mindset of, okay, this is where we are heading in the spring. This is what we're going to start doing. But now you got to pull up those freshmen, those new guys that might be contributors their first year to, Hey, this is what we do here. You know? So, um, it's been, it's been great I, I've, I've really enjoyed it um, and um, you know as you get a little bit older I think you, you see uh, the benefits of, of having some international guys around where uh, culturally it's such a huge shift um, for some of our players who never left Pennsylvania you know, and, uh-huh. and really haven't been anywhere so uh, I like that aspect of, of our team too
0: I feel like uh, football or, or soccer is sort of the, you know, that, that common thread for us. And I have told this story before, so so I'm an Everton supporter. one mm-hmm. 1-3 yeah. in, in the United States. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, literally chasing someone down in an airport because I saw they had an Everton kid on.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, feeling, and it sounds ridiculous, right? Feeling completely compelled to chase a stranger down yeah. to say we support the same team. Right. And, you know, it was a great moment. Um, Just, you know, sort of this bonding moment. So that was probably the other, like the second person in the Everton uh, supporters club, I guess. But, uh, you know, and and I find that interesting that wherever I am, um, you know, when we travel as a family or whatever, that I'm always seeking out sort of where football or soccer is being played. Mm -hmm. Because that's where I sort of feel most alive. And sort of, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily feel like I have to explain myself, right? Like Mm -hmm. I can just show up, like we just sort of all get each other. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I think that's one of the, I don't know, one of the more fascinating things about our sport and our game. And it, I mean, it really, you know, it, it maybe hit me during the last World Cup of like, like this can be a real unifier in a world right now that's a little crazy. You know?
1: Sure, sure. So, and historically, I mean, soccer's played that role, you know, yeah. as a unifier. Um, so, I, I think there's there's plenty of opportunities. I absolutely love the fact that, um, you know, you can see someone with an Arsenal shirt on, you know, and, and say something maybe a little off color to them, you know, and and they'll take it with a good bit of banner and they'll you know, they'll give it back to you. And me being a, a United supporter, and and uh, you see, know, see. So, so, those things exist, and I think it's, uh, it's one of the things that uh, I, I absolutely love about our game because there's so much banter that goes back and forth, um, and the joy that people have in just kind of teasing one another about who they support and, 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 and all that is uh, a fascinating aspect in, in, uh, of our game. It's a blast.
0: Um, you've been at this position for a little while now and
1: <laughs> you
0: know I, I i guess i'm wondering what you do um so maybe get really practical here for a sec Of um, mm-hmm. you know but there could sort of feel that, that feeling of burnout that feeling of god like man, we're like we're swimming in quicksand here and mm-hmm. like i feel like we're doing the right things but we're not getting anywhere you know and i know i felt that way as a coach Sure. Um, when I'm really happy with the work we're putting in, but the results just aren't showing, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's sort of a reminder to me to just head down, keep forging ahead. Um, What do you do away from the game uh, to sort of, you know, recharge or uh, take care of yourself or, you know, just kind of decompress? Mm -hmm. Um, Because as much as we love this sport, right, it can... I mean, there sometimes could be too much, right? I mean, let's yeah. face it, 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 it. That pains me to even say that. Um, but, yeah, what do you do away from the
1: yeah. field? Uh, away from the field, I spend time with my wife and my dog, and I throw a lot of Frisbee with my dog, and really kind of is, is I find a lot of joy in, in that. I love dogs, so um, I, I, I do do a lot of that. I play a lot of golf. Um, and then, yeah. Uh, I haven't. I'll be honest with you. I haven't been good at getting away from it. I really haven't, um, and I think that's uh, part of where I am now in my career, with the push, maybe leaning towards more style system personnel than uh, than than running training sessions. And um, you know, I think uh, maybe a self inflicted burnout at times. Um, if if that's a diagnosis of some sort, you know, I probably have it. Um, but uh, it, it does become cumbersome um, because not only are you, you know, thinking about fall, which is your traditional season, you, know, you, you got your spring season that you want to make improvements and tweaks on, you know, and you got to be, you know, you're recruiting that whole time. And, you know, I mean, you know, fall's right around the corner and we're still finishing off our 2019 class. You know, we're still talking to players right now. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard to get away. And, and I think that's, that's part of it that uh, a lot of uh, my friends and family don't really understand is that there's always something to do to make yourself better, make your team better, and um, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm just happy that, that I can spend you know my time doing this. But I, I, I've been awful with that, Jason. I'll tell you, man. Uh, um, you know, I, I don't have the answer. I don't, you know, I, I do decompress and I play whenever, when I'm out playing golf and, and try to and enjoy myself uh, there. But um, there is literally something going on with our program uh, almost every day. So I don't have the answer to that because I think you're just absorbed in it. Um, I, I think one of the things that I've, I've actually picked up on is actually reading a little bit more about um, other topics other than soccer um so so I've I've kind of for, I'm not a huge reader you know historically I haven't been a huge reader but um I find myself uh you know trying to uh, throw myself into a book and and not really think about uh think about it too much it's difficult
0: but. I define my college career as being not very much of a reader so. <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> um, well and it's funny yeah. how you say that because uh same um I mean, I can probably count in the last 10, 5, 10 years how many books I've actually read probably on one hand. Um, and the funny thing is probably most of them have been soccer books. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've found um, in just the travel and just sort of this, you know, sometimes I'm all by myself I'm working out or whatever, that um, even audiobooks have been really helpful. And uh, I like what you said there about, um, you know, things not related to soccer. I guess I'm curious, maybe what those things might be for you. Uh, you know, is it things related to leadership? Is it just your own personal interest, um, which you don't necessarily have to describe? Is it? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. You know, insert. You know, is it a favorite band that you have, or, or something like that? Right
1: know? now, I, I, you know, <laughs> it's part of the the monotony and the the ongoing quest to, to become better, I think is, uh, I'll read books about leadership. Um, right now I'm, I'm really kind of engrossed in a couple, uh, mental training books where, you know, we can share those with the team. And it's, again, you're getting back to like your job and your career and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I did, uh, get a couple gifts of, uh, a couple books, um, recently one from my mom, uh, Arnold Palmer's new, new uh, you know, a book out, you know, Stories of Arnold Palmer, and and I I find such uh, such joy in reading about golf um, and and, uh, and obviously playing golf. But uh, those are the two things that really kind of encompass my life: is uh, family and, and spending time with uh, Kim and dog, and and, uh, and and playing as much golf as humanly possible. You know, um, but uh, the mental training is, is something that uh, we we've enjoyed reading about, and as a as a ex club pro, uh, I had that you know typical American kind of athlete mentality. Wise playing golf, while I, if I swing harder, it's better. You know, if I go harder, it's better. And that wasn't necessarily the case. So I had to retrain my thoughts on if you just smooth it out and, and maybe a little bit more tempo to some things. You know, and so I try to bring that aspect in the, into my into my soccer as well. You know, because I think the boys, uh, you know, you. You always get great effort from your players, you know. and they, At least that's the standard you try to set. You know, some days they have their best, and some days they don't. But uh, you try to get the best out of them. Um, but how do they, how do they cope with uh, with that? Is a, is something that I'm interested in, and uh, I know a lot of the mental training books from Doctor Bob Rotella has helped me with my golf game. And I try to link that up somehow to uh, to to our boys and, and how they can think a little bit better. Um, but there's, there's just and there's a couple uh, you know Ryan Giggs' book uh, you know was a gift and I, I've been kind of tinkering around with that Sir Alex Ferguson's book you know so again it gets back to, to soccer all the time and I think that's that self-inflicted wound of, of I can't get away from it I want to get away from it but I can't get away from it you know and, and uh, but uh, the four or five hours uh, on the golf course though I think is uh, has been really good for me very therapeutic for me you know and um, I definitely enjoy that part.
0: Yeah. Um, so you probably have seen when you're recruiting players their evolution, right? Mm-hmm. The needs of a player when you first started the program probably look incredibly different uh, than a, a modern day, you know, current day player. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, to, to bring this full circle, um, Having been in the recruiting world, albeit a little bit different, sure. um, you know, I, I can say I've seen it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 ease with which we are able to connect with students mm-hmm. in two thousand seven versus two thousand nineteen, it just looks dramatically different. Correct. And you know, I I struggle with sometimes even trying to get a face to face conversation with a student mm-hmm. because they may not even see the value. Right. Whereas I'm going like, no, like we need to, we need to sit in the same room. We need to understand body language. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to look at me. I need to look at them. And I'm curious for you, sort of this evolution that's happened with players, right? <laughs> just how different, and, and not saying different in a bad way. Right. Uh, but just knowing that this is part of the this is sort of, part of the societal shift that's happened, I think, for all of us.
1: Sure. It it has really changed. I think uh, how you communicate with players and um, and, and in what what ways. You know, um, I think uh, when we first started the program, it was it was really everything face to face. You know, it was like, hey, I need to see you. You know, can you pop by? Whatever. You know, and and you you would be able to have those conversations face to face. And and I think it was more of a you know of of a. I'm gonna say a sign of respect or or, or something. You know, it, it was just how things were done, and now it's a text. It's a instant message. It's a tweet. It's a this. You know, it's a, you know, a Facebook post or whatever. And it's it's very different how they communicate. And and. Um, I really encourage our guys to, to come in and have face-to-face conversations because that's what I'm used to, you know. And it's it's like, hey, let's help the old man out a little bit here because, you know, he's not going to pick up his phone and, you know, send you a quick text, you know. But uh, it, it has forced me to, to, to really become a little bit more involved in some of the platforms and some of the technology. And... Uh, I, like you said. I don't know if that's a good thing, a bad thing, or, or whatever. It's just it's just different how you communicate with players. Um, but there, there's for me, there's there's nothing better than sitting in a room with a couple of guys and, and really kind of, you know, discussing what needs to be talked about. You know, in, in that way, and you could see body language. I can look you in the eye. You can look me in the eye. You can really understand where I'm coming from. Um, and I don't, I don't think you'll ever get away from that aspect uh, of coaching but i think you'll have to add to it as new things come out you know these new technologies and and all that. it's it's strange um but i think if you're if you're the guy that is just talking to your players you know at training and not trying to link up with them in other ways and other platforms and other social media things uh you're a dinosaur at this point you know i really do believe that and It's tough enough, man, uh, you know, being a dinosaur anyway, you know, but uh, to actually uh, have to add that into your repertoire, you know, is, is, uh, it's a game changer and it's so important because that's, that's how they live their lives, you know. Uh, They could be sitting in the same room and they're texting each other, they're not talking to each other, you know, which is bizarre to me, but, um, you know, that's, that's what we're dealing with and that's what we need to, you know, we need to find ways to reach our players.
0: Have you do you feel like you've had to do any, um, you know, we're, a lot of people have described what we do as sort of teachers, but we get to wear, you know, comfy clothes. Sure. <laughs> That's a benefit. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, perks of the job. Yeah. Uh, in terms of teaching sort of the modern day, you know, footballer, like, how to communicate, you know, and like what that in-person interaction might look like, because, yeah. and, I, and I'll give you an example of what I mean, um, you know, if I'm not in, the first team, or if I'm not in the, the starting 11, right, there's only a, a finite number of spots that are going to play in any given match. And so, if I'm not in that, but you know, I'm taking the social media and I'm you know, bitching about this and I'm bitching about that and da 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 da, and Coach mm. Dan's this and da 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 da, da sure. whatever, is that really productive? Um, you know, I would argue probably not. Uh, you know, and I'm wondering if. You know when players sort of encounter that adversity that they don't they don't always know what to do mm-hmm. you know what i mean and maybe it's our job as coaches to sort of help them navigate that because yes there have been some players you know from this program that have signed professional contracts however you know a lot of people after they graduate are going they got to figure it out right? sure. and we all got to figure it out sure yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so uh, i don't know i i'm curious uh You know maybe how hands-on or maybe what some of those conversations have have Mm. even sounded like you know from from your perspective
1: yeah those are those are i think i think you got to be willing to have those difficult conversations though you know with your players and those are definitely face-to-facers uh for me um where you pull them in and and tell them where you see them on the depth chart you know i see as our fifth center back you know or whatever that whatever that is and uh and, and the outcome of that and how they take that, um, you know, I, I think uh, is dependent on the individual. Um, what we try to do and what we've had some success in, in doing here is, is really, you know, honest, honesty uh, and, uh, and just being kind of direct with those players, you know. And this is what we need you to do to, to get better. But I, I think we find the, the, the way to kind of push them through too and, and to, to help get them there. Uh, I, I think uh, with the society today, maybe in general, you could probably say this is, you know, I think they're okay with hearing some bad news, you know, like, oh, okay, maybe I'm really not as good as I thought, or, you know, I, maybe I do need more improvement in this, you know, I think, I think they're kind of open to that. But I think giving them the tools and and the support to, to get that done I think is critical. And I th- again I think you know me being at my age where I am now, I don't think that I did that in the past. But I think as you as you deal with different populations and and I think especially now you have to be more in tune to what their needs are in order to kind of in, in, in encapsulate them and grab them and keep them within the group. Um, We've been we've been very lucky though most uh, you know most things uh, here haven't been you know the, where you run into some issues where a player is disgruntled or whatever isn't you know out in social media or whatever you know it's either in in the office here or um, you know it's it's just those face to face conversations and you know we can agree to disagree and and all that but at the end of the day. You know there is a there is a stop point. You know there is somebody who has to make the decision on who's in that lineup and who isn't, and, and you know that's me. Um, you now I take uh, what I take information from players and from you know from my staff and and uh, they, all the guys and you know see where we really are. You know, but uh, we don't really have too many of those issues. Um, you know, most guys kind of see where they are, and it's a constant assessment and constant feedback, you know. And, I, and again, I think that gets back to the burnout, honestly, because there's another layer of, you know, I, I, in 2005, I could just show up at training and just be, you know, the baddest guy there and, you know, be the loudest guy, be the alpha dog, and things went my way, you know, and that's how it was, and kids just, uh, you know, that was how they – Grew up being coached, and now it's completely different. You know, you can't come in as as uh, you know as a heavy hand all the time. You know, you need it occasionally, but but not all the time. It's more, uh, it, it's more uh, of a uh, you know a, a, just this culmination of small conversation after small conversation them in this building process of things you know so uh and that's been difficult for me i'll be honest with you that's that's a difficult thing to adjust when you can do that and you're comfortable with that being that off a dog at training and then you know the culture changes and, and it's different now that way doesn't work anymore because you're going to lose kids they're not going to buy into what you're saying and you know there's going to be more dissent you know now you have to find a way to present it in a way and you know provide more rationale more explanations and all that so it's very different i think coaching now you know and you know, 10 15 years ago um, but, uh, like I said, you know, having that, that that group of great leaders on on our team, you know, um, a lot of that kind of sorts itself out if you find the right leaders who are willing to say to their friend, you know, whether, you know, Lloyd Davies is our captain, right, and uh, he's one of our, our better players, you know. But uh, his leadership ability is there because he's not afraid to tell a friend, hey, you know what, coach is right, you know. You are a fifth center back, and you know, yeah. I love you, man. But you know, you, you're down the depth chart right now because you're not fit. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Whatever, whatever. So I think the I think that honest and upfront approach and, and helping players self-evaluate, self-assess is critical. Mm-hmm.
0: How do you define success? Uh, we can, you know, uh, it's easy to Google win-loss record for any coach, right? Sure. Uh, it's sure. easy to look at. How you've done conference-wise it's easy to look at um, you know tournament appearances or, or whatever what success mean for you
1: hmm <laughs> well uh, it's funny I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine recently and uh, success and satisfied kind of kind of go hand in hand uh, you know it, it, you know your competitors you know what I mean so part of it is you know defining success by wins and losses part of that is that um, and uh, you know that's that's just I think in any sport you know it you know wins and losses it's how you it's how you're judged. Um, the other part of that is uh, is kind of uh, just your character, I think, um, and and how you go about what you're doing. Um, for me, success at Seton Hill University is uh, getting good players in, trying to give them the best experience that they can have. Uh, here playing soccer here with their education, and and getting getting them through this uh, you know four or five year period of their lives where they can go on to graduate and be you know fantastic at something you know whatever that is. Um, so I find myself a, a little bit um, more in tune to to what they're going to do after this uh, on their while they're here and not just in the present moment. So I try to get out front and you know help them out you know and guide them into certain things you know is that internships right for you or do you want to try this one this one might be a little bit more challenging but you're going to grow more you're going to meet more people here so offering just life advice I, I think has has given me some satisfaction um, and and some success in in that feeling of success um, but again you get getting, getting back to wins and losses I mean that's 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 the deal I mean I've been doing this for 18 years here or whatever and um, you know, we, we want to get in the finals and we want to, you know, we want to win it. And you know, every single year we're going to put our ears back like a dog on a bone and try to try to get it, you know. And, you know, that's that's the joy of it, you know. But I, I think if you're rational and you, and you really kind of look at your individual situation, you know, and whether you're coaching club or high school or whatever, you know, you, you have to work within and, and 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 accept to a certain degree, you um, the situation that you're in and the tools that you're given and and all those things to kind of judge how success, what that looks like for you, you know, and, and, uh, for me, uh, you know, you want to win as much as you can. and that's, that's the bottom line, but, uh, there's so many other, you know, success stories in our program. You know, we've got doctors and lawyers and, you know, guys are out having families and they're doing great things, you know, and they're, you know, whether it's business or whether they're teachers or whatever, you know, to have a small role in that production of their life, I mean, is is great. And uh, you get this with the guys, I think, more, you know, it's not, uh, you know, you don't get the thank you right away. You know, it's, it's whenever they're 25, 30, you know, coach and I never never really thanked you for for all that you know and and you get it you get it later and and uh you know if you're an old dog like me you, you know, these are the times where you get some nice emails and some good phone calls and and yeah you find success in that I think
0: I find that uh those messages from players former players heck even an occasional current player yeah um it's not why I do this but man it feels good um and that I, I got one of those earlier this week from a player that I completely underestimated the impact I had on this person. right? Um, you know, and he and I I mean, there was a period of time where I actually pulled him aside and did the sort of arm around the shoulder and kind of had the big brother dad talk with him. You know, saying mm-hmm. like, hey man, like if you're going to play on this team, here, here's sort of the expectation. you got to deliver. Um, and you know, that was a moment in time that Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, I I sort of looked at it as like a transaction, right? I did my duty, I moved on, I didn't think much of it afterward. And that, um, you know, there's this young kid that wrote me this incredibly nice thank you note, um, just for saying, you know, you had a huge impact on me this season. And, um, you know, those, they make you feel good, you know? And it's sort of validation, I think, for us of, are we making the impact that we want to, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, lives changed. Um, you know, and <laughs> upper level administrators are probably gonna disagree with me on this, but, um, you know, because wins and losses are important. I'm not, sure. not gonna say that they're not, Sure. Uh, but, you know, lives impacted versus, you know, um, wins and losses sometimes. And, you know, if we could quantify that at times, I mean, I think that's sort of part of the value added piece that we all bring as coaches, mm-hmm. you know? Um, hard, really hard to quantify, though.
1: So. Really hard to quantify, and those are, those are great emails to get, great phone calls to have. You know, they they just really are. You know, because, uh, and I don't I don't know about you, but I, I find that that uh, that I tend to get one when I need it the most. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people, I think sometimes forget. You know that you know you're so heavily invested. Whether it's a club team, your high school team, your college team, whatever, you are so invested in. You know, trying to get this group to do something, you know, unique and special, something uncommon. And, um, you know, and, and it it wears on you, you know. And then, you know, when you get something like that, boy, does that brighten your day. You know?
0: Where do you see all this going for you as a coach? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know, honestly. Um, I mean, there's, there's I'll be honest with you, there's days where, you know, am, am I getting a little bit too too long in the tooth for it you know at this level uh and then there's there's days where uh you know i absolutely love it you know and and i think those i, I love it more than than the days where i sit around going you're a little you're a little too long the to tooth for this anymore but uh you know, I'm 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 still fairly young. You know, 51. I'm in fairly you know decent shape. You know, and I'm not going to run any marathons or anything. But uh, we can go uh, run a fitness test. Yeah, to, you know. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to lose. I will be too far behind you. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, you know, I I I continue to believe in, in in what we're doing here. I continue to believe in uh, the guys that uh, I surround myself with, as far as the other coaches and uh, you know that come to our program and and help guide this team. So. Um, as long as uh, there's still fight in me to, to kind of make it to that final game, you know, I, I plan on being here. You know, so uh, I think when that goes away, then uh, you know, I'd like to give back to the game in in other capacity. Uh, as far as you know, uh, maybe at the at the youth level, you know, even like the little guys, you know, you know, running around and and trying to trying to work on technique and stuff there, but. Um, but for now I, I find a lot of satisfaction and a lot of joy in, in helping guys get through this uh, time in, in their lives where there's so many distractions and so many things that they can get into that uh, you know you know the pitfalls of uh, perhaps even my college days you know uh, you know where you, you probably made some bad choices you know but I find a lot of joy in that, you know, and and uh it, it's been nice to hear a few compliments uh about our program uh from some guys uh in our region. Uh there's a couple guys that have been moving around and one guy's getting moved to Pittsburgh here uh with his wife and you know, hey call call up Danny, he's a good guy, you know, and he'll he'll do those things, you know, he'll help you out get you in the collab or whatever and uh it's nice to have uh that type of uh, kind of reputation that's out there you, you know that uh, you know you, you'll give back to the game and help other guys out so yeah as long as I can uh, you know I, I plan on uh, seeing it through and we've got to make that final game at some point and sooner or later yeah, yeah.
0: I've never um, understood coaches that so they they seem to fall into two groups for me right and I would put you in the, the group that um, has been incredibly just wonderful with their time. Uh, with me that they truly bend over backwards right you send someone an email you work through the proper channels to get in touch with the coach yeah i'd love to meet with you you know we're going to talk about a game that we we all love Mm -hmm. and then there's another group that i've encountered that for whatever reason if it's ego if it's their own personal drama if it's i mean whatever they've literally built a fort around what they do and they won't let anybody in I don't even know if they let their own players in sometimes um and I've never understood that mm-hmm. and you know I mean this might get too philosophical here Dan but I mean like for me it's about legacy right it's about like you said that if people can say you know Dan has a great reputation you should you should reach out to him um that's part of what led to me reaching out to you you mm-hmm. know and the fact that, um, you know, obviously having worked professionally with your wife for a while and if, if she talks glowingly about what goes on here, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that has helped, not yeah. gonna lie. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Kim, you're listening to this, <laughs> uh, Dan just re up for another 15. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, but uh, I, I don't know if you've had that experience of that there's these sort of groups of coaches that you know like trying to get information from them and i Mm -hmm. get it like we all want to protect what we do to a certain extent sure right you know but in the end we're really all in this together
1: i i agree with that um you know it it, there's (laughs) there's from my experiences anyways um there's there's so many good guys in the game that uh um you love to even coach against them you just love it you love to coach against them and during the match you're Having a bit of banner with them, you know, and you're talking your smack and all that kind of stuff. But uh, to me, I, I think um, I, I, the game for me is not about the the coach. Uh, in my opinion, this is a player's game, and your your job is done after training you know what I mean come game day you know or whatever you, you, it's it's on them you know hopefully you prepared your players you know this is a players game they've got to make a million decisions in a 90 minute period of time um, and then they have to perform they have to be fit it's a players game in my opinion and I, I think some of the coaches that, are, that uh, are out there may be a little bit selfish in in what they're doing how they're doing I mean Coaching is really stealing from this guy and what he does and putting your own tweak on it and doing it Seeing if it'll work for your players and adding it, you know I think more sharing is 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 better and being a little bit more open is sharing but I also understand the desire to to, you know, want to win at all costs and uh, You know elevate your career and you know, I mean if you want to be the coach of the national team but buddy you're gonna to have to be a bit cutthroat you know you're gonna to have to do some of those things where you're a bit selfish and you're a bit you know the, you know if you want to reach those types of levels um for me i'm I'm very happy very content in in helping the players at this level and uh helping them through this process uh I don't really understand the other mindset to it you know it's just it's something that i you know the I'm not really bothered by one way or another because it really doesn't impact me and what we're trying to do here. So, um, you know, I let those guys be them and I just try to be be me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a strange thing because there's, there's, there's some people out there that definitely like that. Yeah.
0: So a question that I end every podcast with and I will... Sort of preface this by saying this is a, a bit of a loaded question
1: <laughs> you can go in any direction or however in depth or, or not might, depth. Might get up and walk away <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks coach <laughs> um
0: so what are we doing right and what are we doing wrong in the us when it comes to soccer hmm
1: <laughs> i'll i'll take a swing at it because uh i i think they i think what we're doing right is is getting our fitness levels and our training that way making athletes uh um out of uh out of players you know i think i think we do a very good job with that and i think what we do do poorly i think as far as from a coaching standpoint is is uh Um, we might utilize that athleticism a little bit too much and um, you know it's quite a difference by watching an MLS game and how quick they take away time and space and you know can and you look at an EPL game or something like that there's a little bit more time a little bit more space and then it's you know it has a certain change of pace to it every once in a while where it just kind of gets going and it's you know it's rapid you know and, and some things there and yeah, I think if we if we might use a little bit less athleticism and more of our brain and our technical ability, you know, I think we could probably do some things. Because clearly, you have guys that can, you know, are at the same fitness levels as everybody else in the world. If not, maybe even better. Um, but our tactical awareness, I think, is a little bit uh, behind, and, and our technical ability is a little bit behind. Um, you know, and I think, um, I, I think they're doing some great things on the women's side, you know, in the national team level, you know, but uh, on the men's side, I, I just still think we're, we're behind technically and tactically. Um, there's that, you know, the, there's, that, there's, there's always that reason why that pass went there, and, um, you know, and it goes there because that player made that decision, but the, the ability for our players to kind of move off of that and and be creative uh in in a way is is in my opinion lacking a little bit um but i I think we're doing some great things as far as media i mean usl championships you know it's nice to see the river hounds know, you can catch them on tv every once in a while you know and um i I think there's a lot of good things that are happening but i think when it comes to coaching i think uh a little bit more creativity and and, uh, a little bit more technical ability tactical awareness and and I, I think sometimes we, we liken uh, football, our football, into, into other sports, you know, where, you know, if the point guard gets it, he's got to pass it down to the center and he's got to, you know, that's this, then this movement happens. I think we're a little bit too automated in some ways. And I think we could really stress some creativity where it's not such a dictated type of play, you know. And, and, and that's just my opinion. and I, I see it. I see the game creatively. I think that way, you know, we, we try to get our guys in the general areas. And what you do in those areas is your decision. You know what I mean? But you know, you have to know what he's going to do, what his tendencies are, you know, because I know what his tendencies are because I observe and assess a lot, but you know, as, as other players, that responsibility is on you, you know? So, um, yeah, there's, there's some good things. Uh, there's some good things going. And I, and I hope, uh, that trend continues. Um, but uh, I would love to see, uh, you know, the the especially the men's national team um, get a little bit uh, better uh, at what they're doing. I, I, I also want to talk about uh, you know I got a microphone in my in my face I can't shut up now about it. It, but uh, <laughs> you know the 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 pay to play scenario here in the states is is uh, in the club systems. You know what I mean? Uh, you know. These are uh, these are businesses, you know what I mean, and they're 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 about making money, you know, and and, and all that. And I, I still think some of the some of that needs to get into more development than it is about how many players are in your club and what your club looks like. You know, what are we really doing here, man? We're making you know a few guys, uh, you know. If you guys make a nice living at, at the club level and, and they do well and good for them I'm not I'm not saying that they shouldn't but along with that I'd like to see them kind of scholar, scholarships and players in if we have this model you know that's uh, that's out there there are a bunch of inner city players that can't play club that are good players that would get better if we scholarships and players in you know I'd like to see some money you know all that revenue kind of be spent to to help out some kids that could actually get in there and play and uh one of the reasons why i'm with the club that i'm with is is we have an opportunity to do those things you know and work with some of the less fortunate families to to get them into play um and and compete at that level um so there's some things in there that i'd like to see you know the, the game grow um But, uh, you know, again, it's going to be tough. I mean, that's a utopian probably look at it, you know. But uh, um, I'd love to see uh, more guys kind of give back to the game in that way where they they had more accessibility for some of the lower-income families. And I think that would be a a great start. And if you look at some of the great players from Brazil, You know, they played in the street with their bare feet, you know, and, you know, they they have nothing and they're just their hunger and their desire got them to their national team level and professional leagues and all that. So, um, you know, I think the same could be said for some of our inner city kids and some of our rural kids that that don't have the means. And, and, uh, you know, if they find a bit of passion in there, it may open up some doors that were closed off to them otherwise.
0: That's a good answer. Uh, if folks want to connect with you
1: and mm-hmm. uh, the Seton Hill Men's Program, mm-hmm. how can they do that? Um, Setonhill. Uh, athletics at Setonhill. Edu. You know, I'm, I'm online. All my contact inf- information is there, and um, you know, I spend a good bit of time on the on the phone and you know, email and you know, Twitter account. You know, I think it's SHU Griffin Soccer or something like that. You know, I don't know. So. Um, Yeah, and our Instagram page, uh, again, uh, you know, that's uh, probably not as uh, updated regularly as it should be, but uh, hopefully we'll be delegating that to to a new guy here in the fall. So we'll get that rolling a little bit. But uh, yeah, just anytime, anywhere, always available.
0: Well, uh, Dan McCarty, thank you for coming on the latest episode of the On the Touchline podcast and uh, really enjoyable conversation. A big shout out to Dan McCarty, the head men's coach at Seton Hill University for coming on the latest episode of the on the touchline podcast. Dan, I wish you and the men's program, nothing but success going forward. Hope to come and check out a training session and a match uh, sometime this fall season and really enjoyed our conversation and glad that we've been able to get connected to, uh, to one another. So wish you all the best. A new episode of this show will be coming out this Saturday, and like most weeks, you're going to get new episodes on Wednesdays and Saturdays, and a lot of great content this summer. Uh, I keep saying it that if you've been listening to the show, but have a number of just absolutely fantastic guests that I can't wait to share with you here really soon. So very good chance uh, in the coming weeks that you're going to get not just two episodes, but you'll probably get a third episode as well. So look out for that. If you like this show or a clip or something a coach says or a guest says on this show, make sure you share it out on social media. And when you do that, be sure to tag me at SoccerCoachJB on Twitter or Instagram. And it would mean a lot to me if uh, you tell other coaches or players or influencers in the game about this show. So that could be through social media for sure. Or... Uh, word of mouth, believe it or not, in 2019, still has an impact on how people think and feel uh, about a product. So pass on the show to someone in the football or soccer community. That would mean a lot to me if you did that. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you guys real soon. This has been the latest episode of the On the Touchline podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Broadwater.